that is an appropriate amount of time to start expecting to see real lifelong changes. I think a lot of people just simply set false expectations. They try something for two weeks, they're white knuckling it, they're relying all on their willpower, and then they fall off the wagon. And not only do they fall off, but they push the wagon into the woods and they set the whole thing on fire. That's typically how people fall off. But when it comes to just setting proper expectations and what are you going to be okay with? I just recorded a video about health gives you options. Welcome to Nutrition Without Compromise, a podcast brought to you by Orlo Nutrition. We believe that nutrition shouldn't be an either or, that you should never have to sacrifice your morals for your health or that of our home planet. Join natural products veteran Karina Belizzi and experts from around the globe as they discuss healthy solutions that are better for you and better for the planet. Welcome to another interview episode of Nutrition Without Compromise. Today, we're here to talk about a simple concept. When you're not feeling right, you are right. Too often, the medical system underserves people because our healthcare system is ultimately sick care. And if you're not with that system, if you aren't sick enough, it's in your head. Well, I'm here to tell you today that it's not in your head. You're not crazy. And so to unpack this issue today, I'm joined by Dr. Forrest Sauer. Dr. Sauer is a chiropractor and the founder of Twin Oaks Health, an alternative medicine practice that specializes in helping people manage complex health problems like diabetes, thyroid disease, fatigue, depression. They've assisted thousands of patients who have a long and healthy life. They ultimately treat them. They first determine the underlying causes of a patient's illness, considering all sorts of factors from nutrition to stress, toxins, allergens, genetics, the whole shebang. Before I bring him up to this particular event with me, it's important that I cover a simple disclaimer. This show is offered for informational and entertainment purposes only. If you happen to be in Dr. Sauer's local area, you could seek him out as someone to support your needs or the care of a qualified healthcare professional. With that, let's bring him right up. Dr. Sauer, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I think that intro left us with quite a bit to chew off today. I would say so. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was so complimentary. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm sitting here and I have heard a lot about this entire concept where people are they're told, oh, it's in your head, you're not really sick. And then they end up finding out they've got toxic mold issues, or they have a nerve condition that is causing them to feel like their skin is on fire. And these things can be really challenging to diagnose. As it stands, we're all doing our best every day. But some of us just don't get the basics covered. I would love for you to just talk about what your approach is and how you really start with a patient or with someone who's coming to you with a health concern so that those listening can perhaps take that into their own journey and think about who they're working with. It all starts off with the fundamental truth that if you go into the doctor or the clinic or a hospital, insurance companies are only going to pay for lab work that the doctor is going to be able to prescribe a medication for. Otherwise, it's just simply going to increase costs on their end. Because if you think about like, what is the treatment modalities that the doctor is allowed to give you? They're allowed to give you either surgery, surgical recommendations, they can do some therapies, or they can do medication. And that is it. There is no conversation about why did this happen in the beginning? 
why did it start or how did it start and how can we start reversing the problem and fixing the root underlying cause of the problem? That's called functional medicine. That's how we practice. And as I've seen, you know, thousands and thousands of labs that people send to me, they say, hey, can you review my labs and say, see what's wrong? Number one, it's very limiting information because there's not comprehensive labs that are that the doc is allowed to run number one, but then also like the quote unquote normal levels that the labs run are getting wider and wider. And it's just, I think it's because we're being compared to sick people. Lab ranges are being, are made up. They're just simply made up. They're made up of averages and the average 90% of the people who have labs taken, that is where these quote unquote healthy ranges are coming from. So Karina, do you believe that 90% of Americans are considered healthy or are they considered sick? Well, the statistics about overweight and obesity make that kind of a stark question to answer. Our waistlines are expanding. We're undernourished and yet we're getting too many calories for what our systems can handle presently. Or we're getting the wrong kinds of foods because a calorie is not simply a calorie when you don't have the right nutrition base there. I think we're dealing with a situation where people are generally inflamed and most people don't know what it feels like to feel perfect anymore. Like they might have felt really great in their teens and 20s, but they're now entering their 30s and 40s and starting to realize like, gosh, I just have this thing that's bothering me and that only gets compounded with time. I don't think 90% of people are healthy. I could not agree with you more. 72% of Americans are either considered obese or overweight. I mean, that's a startling percentage. Personally, I believe it does have to do a lot with the food that we're eating or that we're not eating. If you look back even 50 years, the people in America looked very different than the people do today. And that's because of the food that we're putting in our body. And that's really where we can go back to, okay, let's go ahead and say, fundamentally, how does the medical system work? If you go into the doctor's office, what do you tell your doctor? Your doctor, you tell them, I don't sleep well, or I have thyroid problems because I seen it on Dr. Google, or I think that I got these hormonal imbalances. What in the heck do I do about it? And the doctor is like, well, we're going to see some labs and we're going to give you a medication, but that's it. That's all that we really have time for in these seven minutes that I'm allowed to spend with you. And it's just the overwhelming burden the healthcare system is becoming on Americans is, it's really sad. Quite frank, it kind of pisses me off. And I think it extends beyond that because we also have big food that comes into play here. I have to tell you, I have two young sons. One is five and the other is eight. And my younger son is expressing some symptoms of autism. We have been consulting with people, having an in-home care specialist come and observe him and things like that. And really, most of his behaviors are pretty mild, but it's in social settings that he has challenges. Analyzing that within the home, or it's kind of hard to do. But even this practitioner, she says to me, wow, did he just go to the refrigerator and get a bell pepper as a snack? And I said, yeah. And she's like, I don't ever see that. And I'm sitting here from a parent perspective going, okay, I've had my older son's teacher tell me, I've never seen a kid come break out mushrooms from his lunch and enjoy eating them. And I'm just like, we aren't giving our kids healthy foods because if I'm hearing this from teachers and care providers that this is something that's far outside of the norm and their experience, then it just means that even us as parents, we're, perhaps we're kowtowing a bit to the packaged food system where it's just like, oh, it's what's easy, so I'm throwing it in my kid's lunch as opposed to 
feeding them real whole foods on a consistent basis. And this isn't to say that I'm judging other parents. It's hard to do this, right? But if we have a world where we're creating everything that's packaged and and we have a world where the chip bag may end up being the hallmark of our oceans because we're seeing them float around in ocean masses like you wouldn't believe just because they blow away. Even if you intend to throw it in the garbage, it gets blown away and into the sea. You know, we have some systems that are broken. Convenience is perhaps the enemy of health too. I don't know a more convenient food than an apple, but how many people are grabbing an apple as a snack as opposed to that so-called nutrition bar? Yes. And you really kind of said it with big food. There's multiple factors that are going into this. Big food makes it convenient. There's literally billions of dollars, thousands of studies gone into how to persuade people to make the food look attractive, how to make you buy it, consume it, consume more. The average American is really working at a disadvantage. And unless if you have a true education on what it looks like for you to start living a healthy lifestyle for yourself, there's not a one size fits all approach. There's no magic thing, but truly being educated, what does it look like to sustainably live a healthy lifestyle, not just for the next six months, but for the rest of your life? That education is never happening. And instead, we get to learn pick a useless topic that you learned about in uh, high school. I won't offend anybody, but you know, just, just pick something that you don't use. It's been a while since I've used calculus. It seems like our focus is on the wrong education. And you, as a doctor of chiropractic, perhaps had more nutrition in your curriculum than some of the MDs that we see continuing to get degrees today, where I'm told in many cases, they might have essentially a week's curriculum or even as little as a day focused on nutrition and nutrition specifically for health. But on this podcast, we've interviewed people, Dr. William Lee, who wrote the book, Eat to Beat Disease, and now his more recent effort with Eat to Beat Your Diet. Really, it's like the undiet book focused on helping you fall in love with foods that can support health. And even Dr. Furman, who wrote The Immunity, I, I actually brought him on to talk about immunity, but he's written several different works. Dr. Joel Furman, who really focuses on getting people off of all processed foods, like all of them, like not even olive oil, and getting them to focus on making foods from whole nuts and seeds, if you're using nuts and seeds and not seed oils, to whole raw foods, and then preparing them with minimal oil, if any, using poaching and other methods to cook, to retain the nutrition and to avoid superfluous calories that may not benefit your health. And then through his systems, he's able to get people off of the medications that they came to him with and return their lives to health, restore metabolic health. Metabolic health is one of the big, I think, trending topics right now. If we're to come back to this, because in the intro, we talked about diabetes and thyroid disorders. I mean, these are metabolic health crises. How do you assess and help people work through some of these challenges to potentially even get out of a space where they might have, they might have been considered someone who had an autoimmune disorder before, but now if you look at their health markers, they look just fine. Great question. Let's go ahead and say if I have someone who has Hashimoto's. Hashimoto's is when the immune system attacks the thyroid. It's classified as that autoimmune condition. You can have an autoimmune condition that attacks your gut. That's Crohn's disease. It can attack your nerves. That's multiple sclerosis. In the case of Hashimoto's, when the immune system is attacking the thyroid, we always want to figure out why is that immune system being triggered to begin with. Typically, there's a hormonal imbalance whether it be a sex hormone like with estrogen or progesterone or testosterone, 
maybe there is some gut health markers that are not working. Maybe there's a slide, a side of leaky gut that comes along with it. They're exhausted about figuring out why is the immune system being triggered in the first place? Typically, it can be because of a chemical. Maybe it's a pesticide or preservative or some artificial flavor or ingredient that is found in processed foods. Maybe it is a food that has been hybridized and changed in the past 50, 75 years, like gluten or corn or soy or any of these mass produced grains. We see a lot of these foods, unfortunately, triggering the immune system to then attack the thyroid, making that autoimmune condition worse. So how do we reverse it? Well, we need to first remove the triggers. I always talk a lot about if we're going to fix some things, we need to stop putting the crap in. You can take your turmeric, you can take the the fish oil, you can take the healthy omega-3s, you can take all of these antioxidants, but if we don't change the lifestyle, we're going to be chasing our tail at the end of the day. That's the foundation, essentially. That's foundation. You have to start there. Absolutely. There's no question. And here's the classic example, a classic case. Your medicine cabinet is full of supplements. You're taking 20 pills every single day, and yet you still feel like crap. There you go. That's what's going on. We need to stop putting the crap in before we start focusing on getting the the stuff out. There's no magic bullet. And I think that's the problem that many of us come with. Like we are expecting this kind of Western medicine approach to nutrition. Like, oh, there's just going to be this magic thing that I can take like Advil for a headache. And suddenly my health is going to be better. It will turn a corner. But that isn't a reality. And if we think about the fact that our cells continue to regenerate throughout our lives, And they may have been more forgiving when we were younger and perhaps when we had better practices. But then as we get a little bit older, the damages we've done along the way start to accumulate. And it can take time for those cells to rebuild. So you you don't necessarily see the effects of doing something like shifting your omega-3 to omega-6 consumption overnight. It takes some time. Thankfully, with where we are with our testing protocols and things like that, You can do something like get a baseline on a test, see how you're doing with vitamin D as a, for example, take a test a few months later and see how you're doing again. Well, the same thing can be true for something like omega-3s. And in fact, that's something we're working to do at Orlo Nutrition, who is our sponsor for the show, to actually provide new subscribers with an omega-3 blood spot test so they can test themselves at baseline. And then again, with their fifth month of subscription, they can see what the movement has been. Our plan is to launch that in May, which will be really quite interesting. But it's these tests cost money. And many people out there would be saying, well, I'm not sure if my insurance covers that. And from what my discussions have been with doctors, they tell me back, like most will, but you have to push for it. And you might have to pay a higher copay for that. Well, if you find out that something like an omega-3 blood spot test only costs $50, it might actually be more affordable to do it yourself than through your medical office, unfortunately, because of every time someone touches a piece of paper in standard insurance, they charge you a hundred (laughs) bucks. And if you ask someone who's really educated on the healthcare system about why healthcare costs are going up and up and up, it's because of administration. That's really the biggest thing. So you said a lot there. And I'll start off with is proper expectations. If you take a pill, it's not going to fix it automatically. If if you change your lifestyle, that's not going to happen overnight. And it's probably not going to happen in a week. And it might start to happen in a month. But like what you said, 
we're going to test the baseline. And then in five months, we're going to test again. That is an appropriate amount of time to start expecting to see real lifelong changes. I think a lot of people just simply set false expectations. They try something for two weeks. They're white knuckling it. They're relying all on their willpower. And then they fall off the wagon. And not only do they fall off, but they push the wagon into the woods and they set the whole thing on fire. That's typically how people fall off. But when it comes to just setting proper expectations and what are you going to be okay with? I just recorded a video about health gives you options. A healthy man wants a thousand things. A sick man only wants one thing. If you want to have all the options that you want, if you want to be able to go on a hike, take your spouse out for a hot date, if you want to go on a trip or a vacation, you need to have the option, you need to have your health to do that. And if you're feeling fat, sick, and depressed, and just cruising the channels on your couch after work, because you don't have energy for anything else, you got limited options. Ultimately, what are you okay with? What are you okay sacrificing for? Some people, they feel changing their lifestyle is a lot of work. Well, it is, but feeling the way that you're feeling right now. That's right. I want to share something because uh, this might be news to you too, but just specifically in the space of omega-3s, one of the things that we've found so surprising with specific individuals who take our product over a standard fish oil is that they do start to realize the benefit a little bit more quickly. And because of that, they're more likely to keep taking it. And I want to tell the story of one of our first customers of our omega-3 product or low nutrition. It's in this active omega-3 form. It's a polar lipid. So theoretically, right, it's up to three times more bioavailable and gets into your cells more quickly than a fish oil would. As I also shared with you privately is emerging research showing that certain genome types may have a harder time integrating a standard triglyceride fish oil or omega-3 that you might buy from the shelf. What this individual noticed was that within only four days, that his dry eye complaints had disappeared. And this was something that he was really surprised by because he had taken omega-3s from fish oil before for months at a time and never noticed a difference, so just would stop taking it. But his partner was an optometrist, so kept telling him, no, 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 you need to try it. Just take omega-3s, do it again, it'll help. And started taking the polar lipid form. And because he was perhaps at an a disadvantage. He might have also had the APOE4 genome type, like myself. I'm I have one representation, but 15% of the population has one or two representations of that genome type and are therefore at an increased risk for things like Alzheimer's or other brain conditions. Well, these things can be connected, right? Because like if you're not getting enough omega-3s and they're not getting to the place that they need to go, like your brain and eyes, half of the fat in your brain and eyes is made up of DHA and half of the weight of that is literally DHA. It's like a quarter by weight of your brain and eyes is made up of DHA. DHA is a specific omega-3. And Americans are dramatically undernourished in this particular fat. If they're not supplementing with it, they're probably not getting enough. And you have this thing where with time, you create a cumulative problem where your cells have less and less of this vital nutrient in them. And you end up replacing it with what you have in your diet. And this is essentially what we do with everything, right? So if we don't get enough of the core vitamins that we need to support a healthy system, our body will ultimately do its best with what's there, right? And then you end up like scaffolding things that are falling down and your cells aren't as happy. You're not as able to eliminate toxins or traffic nutrients or 
moisten your eyes so that you don't have these dry, itchy, painful conditions that ultimately impede you leading a healthy and happy life. I mean, I know this is a big topic, but I just wanted to use this example because I think it connects to so many different things. It's like, what is your motivation to keep taking a supplement? What is your motivation to keep forward with a healthier habit and perhaps a more whole foods-based diet that sends you to the kitchen as opposed to the convenience store? I think we need to, as people, really build healthy expectations and goal sets and then create something that we can measure against if we're going to build this lasting change. Given that you treat people all the time in your practice, I would love to hear from you what sorts of tools that you might share with those that you're working with to help them keep track along the way so that they don't lose interest, get demotivated, and shift away from the healthier habits. Great question. Takes a couple of minutes to unpack, but we always start off with comprehensive labs. So we test nose to toes. We test for everything. Nose to toes. Yeah. And that's where we start. That way we know exactly where we're going. We use it like guideline. Usually people, they use the spray and pray method where they're going to take a whole bunch of stuff and they're going to see what sticks. We take the opposite approach. We test first and then we figure out. And side note, when I first started with, this gets back to the administration, side of healthcare system. When I first opened up a practice, I had the list of labs that I wanted to test for. And I sent it off to the main medical main hospitals uh, in, in our in our town. And they came back with bills like, okay, if we're going to run these labs, it's going to be like four grand for these labs. And that was 10 years ago. I can't imagine what it'd be at now. And it's like, okay, that's not going to work. So we decided to go outside of insurance. And it saves a ton of money. It is ridiculous. Okay. So first that was a rabbit trail. First it is with lab testing. And then after that, we start figuring out, okay, let's go ahead and do a food elimination phase style diet. So we start pulling out the most common irritants, gluten, corn, soy, dairy, eggs, nightshades. And it sounds like a lot, but we take it in a week by week basis. For the first week, we focus on just like three things. Let's remove sugar. Let's remove artificial sweeteners and gluten. Week two, Let's eliminate dairy. Let's eliminate corn. Just get used to that because these are healthy habits. These are healthy habits that we're trying to adopt in our clients. And that way, this is something that I can stick with. I want these habits to become automatic by the time they're through with us. So that way they can continue living this way and not just simply having to suffer through dry salads every single day. This is about being flexible in lifestyle and living a life when you got kids at home. That's why we take that approach. People oftentimes have already tried taking gluten out or they've tried taking corn out already prior to seeing me, but who's to say you're only sensitive to one food? You could be sensitive to many. And corn is just about as inflammatory as gluten is, especially specifically with Hashimoto's clients. It seems like there's a very strong correlation there. Well, and corn is so high in sugar, right? So this is part of the reason probably. Absolutely. Think of it, when functional medicine, it takes the exact opposite approach than Western medicine does. With Western medicine is you have a symptom and you get a pill for that. Well, with functional medicine, it's like, why is that symptom occurring? Well, it's occurring because there's some imbalance. Well, what's causing that imbalance? It's something that you're consuming or getting exposed to, whether that be a food, whether that be a medication or a lotion that you're putting on your skin or whatever else that you that you have going on. So it's like, what is the cause of it? Because if you fix the cause, you don't have the symptom. Kind of a magical way of thinking. So anyways, Okay, so then it's food elimination phase. And we do take our time with that. We take a two-month process. We simply take two months. 
We slowly walk our clients through very step-by-step, hold them accountable. We kick their butt if we need to with love, but we kick their butt just to make certain that they're getting the results because that's what's important to us. And then we show them exactly what to do, when to do it, how to do it for them specifically. So that way there's no more guessing games along the way. It is the food elimination phase with labs. And then by the time we get there, when we're adding foods back in, here's another thing that I see a lot of people doing incorrectly. It's how to add foods back in correctly. Here's how you do it right. You take one food and you reintroduce it at a time. So you don't, you know, like, let's go and say you're eating just a very, very clean diet, meat, veggies, fruit, healthy fats, all that great stuff. You don't go out and have pizza. That's the wrong way to do it. The right way is take one food, eat it three times a day for three days. And if you feel fine after day three, then you can move on to the next one. The immune system has about a three-day lag period for people. Some people, they can notice it right away. Some people, it takes a full three days. And you have that particular food for three times a day for three days. So that way your body has enough exposure and you're going to be able to tell, oh, I'm more tired today or I didn't get a good night's sleep or I feel like I'm more inflamed or my nose is running. Those are the very, very classic symptoms. So let's unpack another question that relates to this because some people say, oh, well, I don't know if I want to go through all that trouble. I would just like to take a food sensitivity test like that offered by, I don't know, Everly Well or whatever for a couple hundred bucks. What are your thoughts about something like that? Does it help you on your journey? Or is it just superfluous information that you could deduce another way, like through a food elimination diet? Yeah, I've shared my thoughts on this before, but here's my thoughts on food sensitivity. I don't like them. Here's why. Because it is going to be determinant on what foods that you consume on a regular basis. If you are sensitive to, let's pick a different food, let's let's say dairy, and you have a bowl of cereal every single morning, that's probably going to come back as positive on the food sensitivity test, number one, okay? So then let's go and say you go dairy-free. You take it the same food sensitivity test six months later, those markers are going to be lower because you're not exposed, you're not triggering the immune system. Well, does it mean that you're not sensitive? That's why you have to see how your body responds to it. That's number one. Number two is most food sensitivity tests that I see, they're not testing comprehensively enough. They'll just simply run an IgG, but really you need to do IgE, you need to do IgA, you need to do the CD4. So there's multiple triggers that your immune system can be exposed to or can be flagged and you just need to have the right food sensitivity test done. Well, I was curious. So I took an Everly Well test knowing full well that I can eat broccoli and I eat the other crucifers just fine, but I'm sensitive to broccoli and it's any cultivar of broccoli. I can't do Chinese broccoli or broccoli raw, all of them, right? I thought, well, it's not going to come back with anything on that. And of course it does. It comes back with nothing. So you would think if you didn't know better that I'm just not allergic to broccoli, right? Obviously not the case. I get stabbing pains. It's terrible. Can't digest it. And it's toxic for my system. I have the same problem with quinoa. And unfortunately, these foods are snuck into a lot of health foods these days. And I have to be really careful and read a lot of labels. Even some of the vegetarian proteins, they might be marketed as a pea protein, but when you get into the ingredients, they also have chia and then also a lot of the times quinoa. I think, you know, grains can be problematic for a lot of people. I expected to see that I had some issues with gluten on the test. I do eat bread, 
but I have one gene for celiac. So I expected it to come back as gluten sensitive. No, not gluten sensitive via their test, but they did show sensitivity to other proteins that are shared amongst the grains, including buckwheat and some others. Who knows what the truth to that is? I ultimately know that when I don't eat any grains, I feel just a little bit better. And I also feel more connected to my gut. And so I think as we started the beginning of this podcast, when I said, how do you feel? Are you feeling your best? And I think if we really get to asking ourselves that question, like you eat a meal and then how do you feel after it? Journaling about it, even saying, this is what I ate and this is how I felt before, after, that can tell you something. And yes, you know, your immune system might respond three days later or a little bit more to something you ate before. But I do think that we give, our body gives us signals for when things are working well. And we need to pay attention to that. And I do really think that food journaling can help people both be more honest about the foods they are consuming and just pay a little bit more attention. And it eliminates a lot of the, oh, did I have this three days ago? Because yes, you can just go back and look at it, especially when you're in the exploratory phase and trying to figure out what foods are going to be the triggers. Absolutely. What are your thoughts on nightshades? Depends upon the person. So personalized nutrition. The personalized nutrition, that's really what it is. Some people handle it just fine. Some people absolutely do not. And I had this client one time and we ran them through this food elimination phase diet and we couldn't find anything. At that point, we did run a food sensitivity test. And it turns out she was sensitive to strawberries out of all the things. And she's like, oh, I have that every single day. We took out strawberries, boom, she felt so much better. In the rare cases, we do run food sensitivity tests, but 99.9% of the time, the elimination phase does work just great. And hey, what's the best price? It's free, right? It's free. That's right. <laughs> and it might send you into the kitchen to explore some new dishes that you're putting more healthy foods in your diet. And becoming a label reader. Don't pay attention to the advertising graphics and all the pretty pictures on the front. Turn it around and start reading the ingredients on the food in the back. Right now, I've done this for so long, it's just second nature to me. But this is a skill that you can easily adopt. Do it for 30 days, read every single label, read every single ingredient label that you of the food that you pick up on. It's going to become healthy habits. You can become much more aware of the food that you're putting in your body. And I've seen that you just had an article on the Orlo website, and it was seed oils. And this is a big thing that I've been trying to get out recently is, yes, the vegetable oils or the seed oils. I'd rather have someone who has a diet high in sugar than seed oils, just because there's so much inflammation, so much damage that is done by these. And if you read all of the packaged foods that have these harmful rancid oils in there, you'll be almost offended because they're in almost everything. Well, speaking from someone who's been in the industry of omega-3s and fats for over 20 years, I got to tell you, the culprits that are out there are sometimes unsuspected. The other I like to caution people to look out for are trans fats. And the way label law is written, they can be hidden in products and even say zero grams trans fats, but then be buried in the ingredients because they're less than the threshold level. But even just a little bit of a trans fat in your system really gunks up your system. It inhibits the action of your Delta-5 and Delta-6 desaturases. I know this is geeky, but for anybody listening, these are the enzymes needed to break down plant-based omega-3s and plant-based omega-6s. If you inhibit them with this icky fat that's like one molecule away from being plastic, then you are essentially, well, for one, you're consuming an antagonist to a healthy working system. Number two, it's not food. 
just open a tub of margarine and leave it in your garage on a hot sunny day, nothing will come in and touch it. But you know, you do the same with butter and you'll have a fly on the butter in 30 seconds. Recognize what's food and what isn't. Trans fats are in almost every peanut butter out there. You have to be really careful because it'll say partially or fully hydrogenated soybean oil or palm kernel oil or peanut oil even. And if we want to think about this, the reason that we're thrown so off kilter with this inflammation, this overabundance of omega-6 and this under consumption of omega-3s has to do with the refining process of all these oils in the first place. That's why people like Dr. Joel Furman are saying like, look, no seed oil, no processed oils, like just don't do it. Just go to food. And if you want to make a beautiful, delicious salad dressing, I can show you six recipes in my book that just require a blender and some pistachios and whatever other seeds you like, and then some citrus or some vinegar things like that, that you just spruce it up with. And then suddenly you have this delicious salad dressing that for one, you didn't buy off the counter in a grocery store. And even when it says olive oil or avocado oil as its oil, it ends up being the third ingredient after canola and soybean oil, which are both omega-6s. I know that this is soapbox I stand on from time to time, but it's really because it's as intense as you say, consume more omega-6s. They help you create inflammatory prostaglandins and leukotrienes and cytokines so that you end up ultimately in a system where you're constantly inflamed and that inflamed disorder kind of reinforces itself and reinforces itself and reinforces itself. And suddenly you've got arthritic complaints in your ankles and your toes and you're only 35. Yeah. It runs a positive feedback loop. So it just feeds upon itself and you need to on purpose stop that positive feedback loop. And this is where you have someone who has multiple diagnoses, like maybe they got diabetes, they have Hashimoto's and they got sleep apnea. All of those are being caused by inflammation, which most likely is coming from their lifestyle. So if you fix the lifestyle, you can start reversing specifically the diabetes, absolutely. And you know the sleep apnea, that's just simply inflammation as well. And the Hashimoto's, that's an autoimmune condition. And if you're interested in losing weight, if you reduce your consumption of omega-6s, you get fewer triggers that tell you you're hungry. This is why if we go to a bag of chips, it's got a perfect balance of salt, omega-6 fat, and sometimes are even dusted with sweetness to them almost, you know, so you get like sugar, sweet, all at the same time kind of thrown in there. And so they're engineered to be almost addictive, right? You eat a couple and then before you know it, you've eaten the whole bag, right? Well, it's been a while since this ad campaign came out, but who is that bag of chips is like, you can't eat just one. Like that's specifically what they're doing. They had ingredients on the chips that hacked the brain. So that way it block the feeling full mechanism. That's predominantly what MSG does. And that's still being found, even though that's a known carcinogen. So it's, it blows my mind, truly does at how sick the standard American diet truly is. And there is no wonder that we are considered the sickest developed country in the world. And yet we spend more than three times the amount than the next developed country on our healthcare system. I mean, it's just like we're eating, eating ourselves sick. That's what we're doing. Right. Well, and I think we start off with some assumptions that are, are not necessarily correct. Like you come at, now go to the basics, right? the food pyramid that I grew up with, which was foundations of grains at the bottom. I mean, now we're really flipping this on its head. We're saying, ultimately, you do need to consume healthy fats, like nuts and seeds 
not the seed oils, right? You can eat the nuts, whatnot to support your health, get walnuts and pistachios. If you want sesame seeds or things like this to sprinkle on your foods, I mean, that's all fine when you're looking at a whole food, right? But when you start to corrupt it into this more refined basis, you're generally speaking, you're refining out the omega-3s because they don't remain as shelf stable that way. So you're not getting those in the food that you would be consuming otherwise. And we really need to remake what that looks like. And if we are eating a more balanced diet, then we are going to feel a little better and we're also less likely to overeat. I think it's important that we acknowledge that, like get back to the basics and perhaps it's through an elimination diet that you get there. But I wondered too, if you had other particular tips, because we know, for instance, that Vegetarians and vegans tend to be deficient in vitamin B12. They also tend to be deficient in omega-3s. With Orlo, those are two things that we're addressing with our products. But we also know that individuals who don't spend time in the sun, they don't get enough vitamin D. So what would be the core supplement set that you would suggest someone consider understanding that like they've addressed their baseline and they're really working on their diet. They've done some elimination work, but they want to make sure that those products they stock in their, their medicine cabinet aside, not the pharmaceuticals, they've got supplements lined up to support their journey to ensure their success. What do you really guide them towards? When most people think of supplements, I think of longevity, what's going to support them in the long run. And 80% of your immune system is located in your gut. I mean, sometimes a probiotic is absolutely necessary, but making certain that you're having enough butyrate, making certain that you're having enough prebiotics in your gut and having a variety in your diet to feed those bugs in your gut is, is vitally important. Vitamin D, if you live in the Northern Hemisphere, vitamin D is essential to make certain that we're creating enough hormones. Vitamin D is not a vitamin, it's a hormone, and it's essential in, in so many different factors, not just simply keeping your bones healthy, but also depression and anxiety and thyroid function. Vitamin D is essential to longevity. Then, of course, also good source of healthy omega-3s. If we aren't living out of the Garden of Eden and we like to let loose on Friday nights sometimes, supplementing with a high-quality omega-3 like Orlo is absolutely essential to keeping the inflammation suppressed. Those are really my go-tos when we're looking at longevity is proper gut health. If we have an autoimmune condition, glutathione is fantastic. And all of these supplement recommendations are coming on the heels of the assumption that you're living a healthy lifestyle. That is the foundation. And the reason for glutathione is because that's going to stop that positive feedback loop that you'll get with autoimmune conditions that make themselves worse and worse and worse. Understanding that it takes time to rebuild healthy cells and that especially with something like vitamin D and also omega-3s, there is some residence time to rebuild those cells. What I've noticed from people is they tend to realize the most benefit, like they see it start to creep up and change sometimes almost immediately, like certain effects, but that the long-lasting change happens after about the fourth or fifth month. Is that generally speaking what you're seeing in your practice when you retest them? We do retest that month four for most of our practice members. But if we do not, if I take a client on and I don't see any changes at all within the first 30 days, I do know that I missed something because the body should be able to start repairing itself fairly quickly. Yeah. Well, I think that's great for anybody to, who's listening to hear, like if you're trying to work through some of these challenges on your own, 
and you're not noticing a difference after about 30 days, you probably are missing something. And that could also mean that your doctor is missing something if you're in treatment. You might need to seek additional help from a qualified professional like Dr. Sauer. Now, as we prepare to wrap here, I would love to know, Dr. Forrest, if you have any parting words that you'd like to share, or if there are any other additional resources that you'd like to point our audience to. If you want to learn more about our process, you can most certainly go to the website. It's twinoakshealth.com. How we practice is an educational-based approach. Instead of just simply putting you on a 30-day protocol or having you meet with me or one of my team members and us giving you supplements and sending you home, we want to educate you on what it looks like specifically to live your best lifestyle. And we teach you all of that. That's how I believe functional medicine should be practiced is that lifestyle first. And so, yeah, if you're looking for assistance with that, you can most certainly go there and contact our team. We specifically are on a mission to show the forgotten and misunderstood hope because so many people have gone into the main medical system, told they're crazy, told it's all in their head, and nothing could be further from the truth. You deserve to live optimal health and live life the way that you want so that way you can do the things that you want in life. That's my fundamental belief. And do more of what you love with those you love. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me and for sharing that on our closing. I really do think that helps wrap a bow around everything we've talked about today. Now, I want to also remind our audience that there's no time like the present to get started with something like omega-3s and Orla Nutrition's active omega-3s in the polar lipid form. They can be up to three times more absorbable than fish oils. If you are curious and you want to get started now, you can head over to orlonutrition.com and use the code NWC20 for 20% off at checkout. You could also choose to subscribe and get an everyday 15% discount. Check them out. Omega-3, DHA, and prenatal DHA are all available now. They're vegan, they have unsurpassed purity and freshness, and they're documented to be the world's most sustainable resource for omega-3s and algae nutrition. NWC20 at checkout. Well, with that, I just want to say thank you so much for all of the thoughtful time and energy you have put into this conversation today. I would love to also include with our blog post for this episode, the list of the few core supplements you recommended. So I want to make sure I have them correct before we wrap. And that is omega-3, vitamin D. Yes. I know we mentioned vitamin B12, but you didn't come back to that one. And then you said if they had some sort of a Hashimoto's or other autoimmune disease to make sure that they're getting glutathione. Correct. Okay. Did I miss anything? I believe there's a prebiotic or probiotic. Prebiotic fibers. And with the probiotic, here's a big one is you'll have probiotics on the market that have only simply one strain of bacteria in there. Make certain it has multiple. I tend to go for about five different strains of bacteria in the single supplement. That way you're not just hammering away, away on one vitamin or mineral over and over again. That can create an imbalance. Yeah, I think that's great advice too. Now we did also interview a couple of individuals from Supergut before and talked about prebiotic fibers. For those listening, if you want to dive more into prebiotics, you can learn from Mark Washington and also from Dr. Chris about prebiotic fibers, sources from food, and those that you can get in supplements as well. But hey, if you're eating a whole foods, plant-based diet, you're probably getting a lot of prebiotics, but you may not be getting enough of a few core essentials. Exactly. 
I think supplementing a healthy diet in these cases can be very good. Do you actually advise people to look for refrigerated options as opposed to those that are shelf stable or where do you sit on that? I'm on the fence. Preferably refrigerated, it just extends it a little bit longer. It slows down the cellular mechanisms a little bit longer. If you can refrigerate it, that's best case. Absolutely. Yeah. And for this, we're referring specifically to the probiotics, probiotics right? Probiotics, yes. Yeah. Yes. Not to the omega-3s. Our omega-3s do not need to be put in the refrigerator, just so you know. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much again. This has been my absolute pleasure. And I'm going to go ahead and just recommend everybody here, follow Dr. Forrest Sauer on Instagram. That is at Dr. Forrest with two R's. Sauer is S-A-U-E-R. Okay. Spelled like sauerkraut. You got it. German. That's how we do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Karina. To find out more about Dr. Forrest Sauer, his program's and more, visit TwinOaksHealth.com or visit his Instagram at DRForest with two R's, Sour, S-A-U-E-R. If you learned something today, I hope you'll subscribe to Nutrition Without Compromise on your favorite podcasting platform. While you're at it, please give us a thumbs up, five-star rating, and even write us a review. This will help more people to discover the show. It also will show us a bit of appreciation and keeps us going strong. It serves as what I would call its own kind of podcasting currency. And to learn more about what we're doing at Orla Nutrition to build nutrition solutions that are better absorbed by you and also better for the planet, visit orlonutrition.com. There you'll find a page dedicated to this podcast with complete transcripts for every episode and features that you won't find anywhere else. This podcast is all about serving you. So if you'd like us to dive into specific topics, have questions that you'd like us to answer, then send us a note on social channels to hello at orlonutrition.com or on social channels at Orlo Nutrition. I'm going to state this again. You can send me an email note to hello at orlonutrition.com or contact us on social channels at Orlo Nutrition. As we close today's show, I hope that you'll raise a cup of your favorite beverage with me as I raise a cup of my day's coffee and say my closing words. Here's to your health. Thanks for listening to Nutrition Without Compromise. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to learn more, visit orlonutrition.com and join our mailing list. You'll gain access to complete show notes, features, and informative blogs because nutrition shouldn't be an either or.